What's up, military millionaires? I am your host, David Perret, and today we have the absence of Alexander Felice because he is turning over an Airbnb to get it live, and the internet is not working, so he will not be able to join us. But we do have, and this actually makes up for Alex, probably threefold, the motivated Charlie Cameron, crush it with Charlie real estate, uh, Air Force veteran, war room member, all-around badass, missile silo hangar outer and also Breckenridge. Uh, I guess we've actually, it's funny because we've been on two random retreats with friends this year that I, anyway, we can talk about how that all came to be because it's actually a pretty funny story to me. And, uh, and we've, yeah, we've been, I guess kind of known each other online for like three years now. And so Charlie, uh, he's a real estate agent, air force, uh, soon to be veteran in two months. And, He's yeah. And uh, short term rentals and uh, real estate investing and all sorts of good stuff. And he's actually helped me out a little bit with uh, some SEO stuff for my website and uh, a couple tricks of the trade here and there. And so it's been cool to interact back and forth over the years. And uh, I would say this is the first time that we've actually had him on the show. But, uh, you know, last week I tried to record with him while I was like driving through the desert and it didn't work. So. But it goes back further than that, man. When we first okay. met, you invited me to be on the show over two years ago. I just found that bigger pockets message. So, um, yes, shame on me for not actually scheduling it. But dude, it's, it's it's great to finally be here. Thank you so much for having me. No, oh, thanks for joining. Uh, tell tell everyone your story real quick. Let's get the the down and dirty, and then we can get out of the way and have fun. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Hey guys, if you're looking to take your investing, business, life, or just yourself to the next level, then I have something for you. The War Room Real Estate Military Mastermind Group is a mastermind group that meets weekly in small groups of five to six people to help you hold yourself accountable and really experience that growth. But we also have a monthly guest speaker that we bring in, and we've had guest speakers that talk about mindfulness, taxes, we're bringing in somebody to talk about marketing. We bring in very specific topics that will adhere to very broad, any any kind of real estate investing or investing or entrepreneurship that you want to do, and we'll really help you out. We let you ask these speakers questions and get very personal with them. And then back to the small groups, weekly accountability for what you're trying to achieve and just being surrounded by like-minded people. And they say your network is your net worth. I know that's an overused phrase, but I recommend that you check it out. So just shoot an email to wrmastermind at gmail.com. Once again, that's wrmastermind at gmail.com. And we'll send you some more information. Sure, man. You already hit some of it. Um, I'm also a dad. Um, you got the Air Force vet part. I did uh, weapons development for the Air Force for about 11 years. Did some pretty cool stuff. Loved it. Um, I'm an Air Force spouse as well. She does cool stuff. Uh, real estate investor started in that. Then I became a realtor when I ran out of money to invest. So that was that was the foray there, but then went a totally different direction. Um, I'm a team leader, and I still haven't figured out what I want to be when I grow up. But um, I do know that I'm passionate about people, real estate, and growth. So as long as I'm kind of growing and if I can help others grow in real estate or do something real estate related, I find that I'm pretty damn happy. So, um, I mean, if we go back to how it all started in, in real estate, uh, a, a buddy asked me in a bar, uh, why not real estate, right? It's always the, the buddy in a bar situation. Someone asked the question, um, ha, and so <laughs> I, I said the whole, you know, I don't want to fix fucking toilets my whole life. Like, no, that's stupid. Why would I do that? Right. The same thing, everybody, the same stupid, you know, zero negative real estate IQ uh, words that come out of our mouths. Um, and he sent me this article. I still remember it. it had like the four profit centers of real estate, amortization, depreciation, appreciation and cash flow. Um, and I read that. I was like. Well, holy shit. I, I, all I get is a, a little bit of appreciation with stocks with the 
But the rest of this, I'm getting all these other profit centers. That's absolutely insane. So I, I dove down the bigger pockets rabbit hole. I emerged eight months later um, and bought eight units uh, all at once, about two fourplexes. Nice. That was the first buy. Yeah. Where, where were those? First buy. That was in Fairborn, Ohio, um, outside of Wright Pat Air Force Base. Were you stationed there at the time? Yep. Yep. We were living there. Um, I'd actually already seen the units. We passed on it. But it came back up on the market while uh, while we were in the hospital when my daughter was born. And uh, they were all asleep. Email comes in. It's <laughs> like, you know what? Let's do this. This seems like a good time. You know, new dad, brand new baby. This seems like a good time to just jump all in. Uh, oh, I self-managed too for the first year. Oh. So that was uh, that was quite the experience. Yeah, no Turned thanks. units. It was uh, – You actually got to fix toilets. Got, I got to fix toilets. Um, actually – Funny story. The first thing I did on on closing day, um, which my daughter was at too, go to close, sign everything. I go right to the fourplexes, go down to the basement, go to the 60-year-old furnace for one of the units, and I fished out three mummified squirrels from one of the furnaces. Someone was living in that unit. Um, that's bad, man. That's bad. It, it, it's unbelievable the kind of stuff you see out there. So um, if I ever write a book, Fishing for Mummified Squirrels is going to be the name. Of <laughs> uh, like a realistic book about real estate versus the the fluffy, happy-go-lucky bullshit that everybody else banders, well, right? Was, so. It's funny because I was about to say that I've changed or fixed or worked on more toilets in my primary residences than in any of my rental units ever. But uh, – yeah, there's all kinds uh, here, of other weird issues. <laughs> and you're same right. here, but I still manage to mess that up every time. Dude, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you walk into houses and you're just like like I've had conversations with my property manager where I'm like, how do people live like this? Like not why did they trash my house, but like I fundamentally can't understand how you could be such a grotesque like just so okay with living in just grossness that like you trash a place that you're living in. Like that just does not compute to me. I'm like, I, if my desk is too dirty, I'm like, Oh, time to clean the desk. Like, Dude, yeah, I, I don't get it. I saw a show recently. It was about the guy that basically created timeshares and sold them all. And, uh, and they were building the biggest house in the biggest residential home in the U S and uh, but in the current house, like they were just walking around, their little little yippy dogs were shitting on the carpet, and like the you know the the cleaners and assistants and all the all the people who worked for them would just go just like pick up the dog turds and throw them away, and not like clean anything after that. And they're all just living in there. It's like man, even uh, it, it doesn't matter what level you're at. People do some weird stuff. That, at every that level. is exactly what I imagine the guy who created timeshares would be like, just living <laughs> in his own filth and just totally at home and at peace with it. Like, ha, ripped off another one this week. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Goodness. Um, okay, so you bought the eight units, and then eight units. okay. Um, I suckered a, another Air Force buddy of mine into partnering with me, and we bought sixteen more. Uh, I would call them C, C minus kind of learned that lesson afterwards. Um, uh, it, in Dayton, Ohio, we ran out of money. Um, I moved to, uh, to Eglin. So the Florida panhandle, um, not, not long after that we met, um, but I ran out of money. So I got my real estate license, um, started doing that a little bit on the side. Um, that was challenging at first until I kind of figured out how to do that well part-time and how that I'd actually needed to generate client leads instead of just sitting around for a year. So learn those lessons yeah. the hard way as I typically do. Legion <laughs> is definitely uh, where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, it took off after that once I kind of got that figured out. But, um, uh, once I met you, uh, I talked to you. I talked to a couple other bros who were doing things that I wanted to do in real estate. Um, and then I decided to kind of burn the boats and change everything and see if I could achieve kind of financial freedom a lot faster. So ended up over the last two years just liquidating all the long-term stuff and going all in on short-term rentals. So I went all in on short-term rentals, sold all my long-term stuff, um, did a couple 1031s, learned that process, uh, stepped up my part-time realtor business, reinvested every dollar, 
um, into that, started helping other newbie part-time realtors kind of build their businesses as well. And um, I just not too long ago had my last day on active duty. Uh, my separation date is coming up. And, um, you know, my original plan was I was going to just buy multifamily, value add, do the slow game and replace my active duty income with rental income by the time I left. But instead, it's nine years earlier than planned. Um, and I'm making more passive passively than I would from, you know, an 05, 20 year retirement right now. So seemed like a better use of my time to kind of sidestep and uh, and go full time, full bore um, doing the things I like doing. Yeah, that's, I mean, that brings us to today, I guess. Yeah. The passive income and the opportunity to walk, you know, not to say that the goal is to leave the military, right? Because I, I think the military is a great thing, but at some point, sometimes people become disenchanted with the military lifestyle and it's really nice to have the opportunity and the ability to walk. Right. So my last command was a three-star command and it was amazing to me the number of people who retired at 20, 25, 30 years, 40 years, whatever. And they retired and then went and got another job. Not not necessarily because they wanted to have another job, but a lot of them because they realized like, man, even with my disability and my retirement, I can't maintain the same lifestyle I've built up with all this debt and my lack of savings or, or whatever. Um, and so they jump into the GS, you know, roles or the contractor roles or find some other job. And it's just kind of astounding to me. I'm like, man, I really want to help people have the opportunity to walk, you know, or just retire and actually retire, which is like you said, your passive income is more than what your retirement would be if you had gotten promoted and stayed a lot longer. <laughs> That's awesome. It's not to say there's anything wrong with working, right? Like you and I are never going to stop hustling in some way or another. We love that growth. We love, we, we just love that, right? We love to surround ourselves with people with those same mindsets. But yeah, it didn't sit right with me either to see folks in my office saying, oh, five more years to retirement. I'm like, bro, you're you're 62, man. And you had a 20-year military retirement. That cannot be the only path. Cannot be it. Um, and you know, I, and I did the TSP thing. I did all the all the things, but I still looked at it and went, "Man, that still locks me into fifty nine and a half at the earliest." Got to do something else. Um, not to, not to say that, right? We're still going to hustle. We're still going to do stuff, but we have the freedom to wake up every day and do what we want to do and work on what we want to work on. Not drag myself into the office, pull my hair out. Um, right now, I'm walking my daughter to to kindergarten every morning. It's absolutely epic what I can do now with my time. Um, I think everybody should have that that choice. And the only way I figured out how to get there was through real estate. Yeah, that's it's a great way. Uh, and there's a lot of different avenues to that. Um, now I know at one point I don't. It was it was secretive, but I know that you've built out a website that actually helps bring people into your team with uh, your real estate brokerage. I'd love to just kind of hear kind of how, how that transpired and how that's working for you because I loved that idea. Dude. So, <laughs> uh, it's, I failed a bunch. So, you know, I, I had tried, um, affiliate marketing. Um, so I tried blogging for affiliate marketing. I even had Pinterest pins that I, I never use Pinterest personally. Right. I did all these crazy things. You know, I tried LinkedIn articles. I wrote medium posts. Um, I had tried all these different things and failed at all of it. I had a really shitty YouTube channel from a way long time ago, so I've tried that too. Um, but ended up, you know, joining joining my brokerage and meeting, um, you know, one of the first teammates I brought on board with me from Bigger Pockets, Kobe. He and I, you know, I I had as soon as I got my real estate license, uh, basically um, went on a six month TDY out of area. So I was like, well, that's going to be hard to sell houses. Still managed to sell two back home, which was cool. But instead I was like, well, what can I do? Um, I can help other people get their real estate license and start selling real estate and figure out how to do it successfully part-time. And I know that I had just gotten started in it. So how can I be an expert at it? Um, but it actually doesn't, you only have to be a couple of steps ahead to pull somebody else up, right? You can always turn around and help somebody do the same thing. Um, 
so ended up started started blogging about uh, kind of those topics and about the brokerage and how you could be successful as a part timer and a newbie and an investor there. And um, all of a sudden, people started reaching out to us um, to partner with us and to grow together. Um, I just got back from our conference and hung out with with you know a dozen teammates. Uh, and it was just really awesome to kind of you know hang out with some of these folks in person because because most of them aren't local and even though I do have a local team now as well um, I've been able to build a, a 70 agent us Mexico and India team um, just by helping them succeed so every Tuesday night I've got a mastermind um, our our total team has four masterminds a week we got courses and resources and so it's really really rewarding to me to see them succeed um, and win when they win. So that's awesome. That's been a, a, a wild ride. And organic lead generation, man, if, if no matter what the business is, it is unbelievable when clients or, or whoever reaches out to you to do business. Sellers, if you're wholesaling, rehabbing, whatever it may be, man, if you could do that, that's so golden because they're already sold, right? You don't have to buy for their business. I do the same thing for my, you know, my realtor team. All of it's organic. Um, we help military families figure out how to get settled in the area. And then if they want to work with that, w- work with us, they can reach out. It's totally up to them. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I love that you mentioned India because I, I was about to ask, like, obviously you are not from India. So were those SEO, like people who just found you online primarily, or how'd you? A little bit of both. My partner, Kobe does a lot of um, outreach. You know, he actually has a podcast. He interviews a lot of kind of successful real estate agents around the world. Um, and and so part of that's kind of a, you know, there's some outreach, there's some inbound. I mostly do the inbound kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it's interesting. And the amount of people you can network with from all over. Yeah, I, um, I love that angle. I mean, SEO and for those who don't know, that's search engine optimization. So SEO is why when you go to Google and you say, who is David Perret, my ugly face will pop up because I'm optimized for that search engine for my name, right? Or whatever that keyword is. So what he did was he basically reverse engineered, like what questions are people asking when they're thinking about getting their real estate license? And how can I make it to where if they type in what is EXP, Charlie's website pops up and says, hey, if you're interested in EXP, like here's a whole bunch of information and then let's schedule a call. And then they can join his team rather than, you know, going through the EXP website and just getting connected without being on anybody's team, which is a win-win because Charlie is providing training and services and bringing them into a culture and a team as opposed to just kind of going at the corporate level and being like, well, hope you figure it out. Here's, you know, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely gotten a lot better, but, um, SEO is a very untapped thing. I mean, absolutely. And in every industry, even though you're like, well, but there's, I don't know how many web pages, trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions. Right. But people still aren't leveraging keywords. Local realtors certainly aren't. So we're teaching our team how to do that. Um, and they're still untapped. You know, if you think that wholesaling, it's all been done. No, there's still long tail keywords out there that people aren't leveraging. And if you know how to search for them and know how to figure that out and write about it and do a good job with it, um, you can rank on the first page of Google, like, you know, next month. Uh, and and all of this information is free. Like I didn't, I didn't pay for any of this. I didn't, you know, it's all out there. Um, there's easy checklists you can follow when you're writing it. The, the tough thing about it is it takes time. So you got to You got it for, for the organic lead generation stuff. You got to put the work in, right? How long did it take you to build a 50,000 person Facebook group? Oh yeah. We just hit 50 K today. Uh, it's been four years, probably four and a half. Years. Well, yeah, four and a half, four and years. And a half years of constantly, constantly, constantly adding value, right? That's what it takes. It's not an overnight thing, and and that's the tough part, right? Especially with people who are new to a business are like, oh, yeah, organic sounds great. People are going to reach out to me, yada, yada. It does take time to build, you know? Um, I didn't get to 70 agents overnight. It took me three years to get there, right? So um, that's something to keep in mind. But I think everybody who is running and operating a business should 
be doing organic lead generation. It's a little different than the, you know, the, the typical social media posting. That's not exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about creating communities and, and creating searchable format stuff, your YouTube channel, Facebook groups, search engine optimization. You could even deb debatably say that reels and shorts and TikTok videos have an element of SEO now. Yeah. But it's still kind of shorter term. But but evergreen so, content like YouTube is 100% will – I mean, I've got a couple different videos where if you type in the right thing, I'll pop up on Google because Google owns YouTube, right? So all my video will pop up on Google and be like, oh, yeah, click. And it's, it's funny because there's a couple companies that I've done reviews of where – I show up before the company does. And so it's like, yes, that's where you want to be. <laughs> they're going to find, if they ask what this is, they're going to find me and not, I mean, they'll find the company, right? But they'll see my review before they actually get to the company's website, which is kind of funny. But yeah. You, and it, it, there's still number one and number two search engines. YouTube is still the number two search engine. A lot of people don't realize that. And if you look at how many users there are, consumers versus creators, it's still a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction. There's still so much more market share available on YouTube, which people don't realize. They're like, ah, it's all been done. No, just because one guy did a good channel one time doesn't mean you can't also do a good channel this time. You just got to be consistent and keep posting, which is probably the thing I have the biggest challenge with. <laughs> yeah, consistency is easier said than done sometimes for sure. But I mean, you're right, though, like with any with any business, if you get enough leads in, you can succeed, right? Especially as an agent, like uh, as an agent, as a lender, as somebody in a profession like that, lead gen, lead gen, lead gen is just absolutely king. And so if you can get where people are finding you organically, right? And on your side, it's people who want to become agents finding you organically. But on that agent side, you're absolutely right. Like you talk about SEO, like People don't use Google My Business pages either the way that they should. And then it's like, bro, you want to be the you, – you just told me you want to be the top real estate agent in Springfield, Missouri, and you have no reviews. If I type in your name, I don't see where your office is located. I don't find you on Google. You're not on Google My Business. You don't rank in SEO. You have no, like, evergreen content. Like, it, what's the my, – my, my one Grant Cardone quote that I use all the time because I'm still – undecided whether I was a huge fan then I wasn't as much of a huge fan and I go back and forth uh wife won't let me watch his YouTube videos in the bedroom anymore because he's kind of scatterbrained so she's like I can't follow his line of logic you gotta find someone else but anyway uh best known right he always talks about how the best known always beats the best so you could be the best real estate agent in the world and if nobody knows who you are it doesn't matter they're gonna go with the person they find he's not wrong man Everybody knows who Grant Cardone is, king of marketing. And we've never before in, in the history of the world has content creation and having a following been more important. I mean, that that is – you can – if you've got a million followers, you can make a million dollars. Like it's it's absolutely insane where we've come and how you know money isn't power anymore. A following is power. Now, you have to be careful because at any point – those platforms could cut you off, right? Now, if you're well enough known, you'll be fine. Um, but if you're still building up, if you only got one platform, <laughs> maybe you get the careful good right? old good old so, Andrew Tate fiasco. <laughs> oh man, that well, he kind of brought that upon himself. I feel like, but uh, I mean, I it's know. it's funny. I watched his like five hour unedited interview with uh, Patrick Bet David. And I love Patrick Bet David. Five hours? Can you sit still for five Dude, hours? They did like a five and a half hour. I mean, I'm sure they got up and whatever, but they're like smoking cigars and drinking and hanging out. And it's Patrick, but David, I forget who the other guy is. And then Andrew Tate, and they're just talking to Andrew and asking him about all this stuff. And it, you know, it, it is what it is. Like he said, there, there's like a very small piece of what he said that got blown out to be like, this is all he talks about. And the stuff that isn't offensive, never makes it viral. So nobody knows. But what I found really interesting was, when they like banned him from the platform he was talking about, he's like, I couldn't rent my cars on Turo anymore. They shut my Uber account down. My bank accounts all said they weren't going to work with me anymore. Like, I mean, it was like, boom. He's like, and so I was gone on Facebook. Then I was gone on YouTube, then Instagram, then TikTok. Then he's like, Uber kicked me out and then Turo and then Airbnb. And he's like, 
I'm like, holy crap. It's like the entire tech world was like, bye. And he, but to your point, he had a big enough following and enough people knew who he was that he just kind of moved over to this other platform and the other platforms like, Oh yeah, come over here. We won't censor you. And he's up to like a half a million subs in like the first month. So, wow. That's insane. Anyway, that's a lot of power. A lot of, a lot of total, total rabbit trail, but uh, yeah, sorry. just no, no, it's, it's out there. entirely <laughs> on me. I just, I find that stuff interesting, whether you agree with them or not, like the interesting power behind like social media companies. Right. Uh, and not in just the negative side, but like, if you're on the right side of that, they'll grow your business faster than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just wish I had more time for content creation. Well, you're about to hashtag retired. I know <laughs> it still feels like I'm busy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, um, I know. Everyone's like, Oh, you're getting out of the military. You're gonna have so much free time. What are you going to do with it? Like, I don't have so much free time. Um, and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> What's next? I had some, I'll let you know. Yeah. What, what's that? Uh, what's next? Yeah. What's next? Um, I don't know. I got, I got three lines of effort right now. One is sales. So trying to build up my sales team. I'm trying to get to a point where I can let them focus on production. And I focus on lead gen for them. Um, the agent team kind of nationally and globally, um, keep helping them grow, succeed, invest, build freedom themselves um, because that's a that's a huge ruse with real estate is, you know, you see all those realtors with their, you know, their picture from when they were 30 and they show up and they're 65 because there's no way to retire. Right. So helping people achieve freedom much, much, much faster as realtors would be good, whether they want to invest in real estate, whether they want to build their own teams, whatever method they want to do, they need to be educated and, and helped do that. Um, so that's that's a mission of mine. And then the third line of effort is short-term rental investing and management. Um, recently launched a management company there. Um, so that was kind of the natural progression. Once I learned, I, I self-manage all of mine, all from afar. So now we kind of launched a company to do that as well. Hoping to kind of scale that um, to some extent. Uh, Love-hate relationship with that. Um, uh, you know, I, I haven't decided whether I love it or hate it. I, I like the growth of building a company. That part's fun. I don't like still being involved in management because the way the way of Airbnbs is things continuously go wrong. So you have to solve it. Dude, um, people gripe about the stupidest things too. Like, <laughs> don't even get me. I mean, my two favorite stories so far with this current house are that some, oh, somebody left me with like a two-star review because – one of the three toilets didn't flush. And when we go in there and I bring a plumber in, which by the way, like if you had just said this while you were staying there, I would have fixed it, but they wait till the review and it's the half bath downstairs. Neither of the two like full baths up, you know, whatever, but whatever. Anyway, get a plumber in fish out the Tonka toy that has the kids initials on it from one of their kids flushing the toy. And I sent it to her and I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, obviously I'm not going to charge you the $130 that the plumber charged me to pull this toy out of the toilet. Uh, but I was wondering if you'd be willing to up your review since you, you, obviously the reason the toilet didn't flush is because, you know, like your fucking kid flushed shit down the toilet. It shouldn't have been cause he was unsupervised. Obviously I didn't say it like that. Nope. Not going to up the review because I'm a stubborn old lady. And then my, uh, my other one recently was, they left me four star review, which wasn't, you know, not the end of the world, but like just the reasons it's like it, it, it did. The Airbnb didn't have salt and they were out of dishwasher detergent. I'm like, OK, well, first off, I have a massive supply of dishwasher detergent in the downstairs detached unit. That's my office. And I have an automated email that goes out and says, hey, if you need anything, my office is the bottom of the house. And so all of the extra supplies just hit me up. Nothing, you know, it, it, and it's dish detergent, not the end of the world, um, but whatever. But then the uh, the salt, I'm like, it it's an Airbnb, but it doesn't mean that it is a stocked like kitchen. Like there, you got coffee, you've got dishes and glasses and everything else. 
she's like, well, you had sugar, but no salt. And I'm like, well, the sugar was brought by a previous guest. Like I didn't provide sugar. So if you didn't have sugar, would it have been better? I, I don't know. It's so weird. You know, I'm like, <laughs> do you don't go to a hotel and be like, where's the salt in this room? It's like, dude, you got 12 people to stay in this house for like 250 bucks. Would it cost you, you know, I don't know, five don't know, times man. that a night to stay in hotels and you still wouldn't have had salt. Be, you know, anyway, I would never yep. run a management company because I would lose my mind. Like it's one thing <laughs> when it's your own house, but, uh, yeah, yeah. more power to you. Every time I lose my mind, I just hire more. <laughs> hey, are we, are we under contract? <laughs> we still are. Yeah. We're negotiating. Um, we're trying to get them down another 150 K. I don't, I don't know if that's going to work. Charlie and I yeah. are, uh, well, I'll let you give the brief overview of that one. The, yeah. Yeah. We're under contract on a multi-unit, uh, cottage property on along the Florida panhandle. Um, that could be some pretty sick, uh, short-term rental beach cottages next to a couple wedding venues next to a brewery. Um, I won't go into much more detail. It's a good plot of land, not very well performing initially. So we're trying to figure out what we're going to do um, with rising interest rates and all the other shenanigans going on right now. So we're just trying to make it a deal or walk. So none of us are going to do a bad deal. So that's kind of where we're at, right? You know, we're at this stage in life. Like there's no point in being desperate. Just either get the deal or find the next one. Yeah, so this this deal this is hilarious to me. I hope <laughs> yeah, it goes. How did this come together? I, I hope it. I hope it goes through just so I can tell this story. As like I'm the worst <laughs> real estate investor ever, because that's kind of my like running joke with people is like I don't know things just work <laughs> out. Um, so we all go to this missile silo and do missile mania, and we hang out. Which for those who don't know, like so Breckenridge last year, we all went on a ski trip for three days and talked real estate, and that was basically a gentleman named Dean. Shot me a message on Instagram. I was like, I love your stuff. I'm trying to bring out some people who do real estate. I'm going to pay for an Airbnb and let's ski and talk real estate. And I was like, oh, I haven't been skiing in a long time. I'm in. And I had no idea who was going to be there. Uh, didn't know this guy. And then it basically looked like he just reached out to people he followed on Instagram and offered the same offer. And almost everyone said yes. So it was a cool group of people that I knew most of. Um, we went skiing and snowboarding and talked real estate and broke a hot tub and it was great. And then, uh, like six months later, we decided to do it again and go to Hughes missile silo. And for those who don't know me, I've spent a lot of time this year trying to eliminate distractions. So like 80% of the phone numbers in my phone are blocked. Um, uh, my assistant does my email. Like I just, I, I get sucked into it because I like talking to people. And so it's very hard for me to say no and focus on what I need to focus on. So I've set very specific ways of making sure that that doesn't, I don't get sucked into it. One of those being, if there's a group chat for an event, the moment the event ends, I mute the group chat and then I never look at it again, unless like tagged or needed because it's just, I have a ton of group chats for different events and people are always chatting and I'm just like, I can't keep up with all this. So I went to Peru for a week and a half and then Columbia for two weeks. And so I'm gone for almost a month and I come back and Hugh calls me. He's like, Hey, are you going to sign this thing? I'm like, sign what? He's like the like purchase and sale agreement. I'm like, what purchase and sale agreement? And basically what had happened is we had, they had found this six unit property written an offer on it. And like all of these other things had come together and like Hugh had put my LLC info in cause he knew what my holding company is and all this other stuff. And he's like, yeah, you're in on this deal. I'm like, oh, what's the deal? Like, what's where? Where is it? Florida? What are we buying? <laughs> like, no idea. And uh, which is hilarious. But um, so I, I, we're you know we're gonna have to renegotiate and some stuff. But it's it's pretty funny how it all panned out. And ironically, I think it's gonna be a pretty sweet deal because everyone on the group brings something different to the table, and so there's a ton of opportunities there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hilarious that's awesome dude i know like and so i know in your your show notes you asked for like hey what's your number one resource and i I thought about it like oh is it a book is it a is it a website is it a forum is it a podcast i was like no it's really just a mastermind in your network right it's really just about the people you know um and what deals you can do with them like when i first came to the war room we immediately did a deal together we all invested passively in in a multifamily, and that paid out and that was great um, and you know, you got into a deal without even knowing you were in a deal. Uh, you know, that's, that's where we're at right now. 
Um, you go to the silo, you meet some dudes, we leave the silo, and you're under contract on a property together. The which million dollar <laughs> six unit Airbnb sense, in Florida. I'm like, hey. Yeah. And how much money do By I need to bring way. down? None. We got creative structure. Oh, cool. I'm in. <laughs> I know. That's the craziest <laughs> part. But Oh, yeah, man. man. Are we are we allowed to talk about our uh, not official venture that we're still not even sure we're going to do? Why not? Okay. Why not? We can talk about it. Then, yeah. Uh, let me <clears> – Charlie, I heard you have something really cool that you're thinking about working on uh, for service members. Uh, what what is what do you got? Does that sound right, like Dave. an official yeah. question? Like yeah. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, Dave and I are <laughs> thinking about launching a a military to realtor program where we can help both retiring service members. We can help active duty members who want a sweet side hustle. Because, I mean, how many times do you have a, a military bro who's licensed to sell your house? It happens all the time. Um, spouses as well make fantastic real estate agents, um, and those those who want to. Because right, they've been there. They know the struggles. They know how to help military service members and their families um, get settled. And then, you know, for those of us who might want to take a take an exit and transition into this business, get started. I mean, it's no joke. Seriously, the whole lead generation thing. Going back to that, <clears throat> that's the hard part, hardest part about being a real estate agent, hands down. Anyone can figure out the contracts and the how to do the transaction and the how to do a CMA. Like that's all. Yes, that takes all, all all takes time to learn, but that's not the hard part. It's just about getting clients. Um, so what I've done is built a Facebook community to help PCSing members. That's been very successful um, at bringing kind of clients into our team sphere to help them buy their home when they come here or, or sell when they leave. Um, and so now what I want to do um, with Dave is help other service members and spouses do the same thing. So a lot of the you know, the military to millionaire community has the right mindset of people who are willing to hustle, willing to work hard, knows what it takes. Um, and they potentially want to be real estate investors themselves, which is a, a good use of your real estate license. So, so Dave and I are talking about putting together a free free training program. Um, if we can get Skillbridge involved, that'd be awesome. TBD on that. Um, but basically a, a program where we help, you know, mentor, coach, teach, um, and help other real estate agents, military affiliated, win. Absolutely. Did I get that right? I, I mean, that sounds like you got that right. Yeah. So we've had a couple conversations, um, and I have, uh, you know, been hesitant at one point or another just because. Uh, well, as the, as the entire world has heard me talk about on this podcast at one point or another, uh, EXP is a actually a really good brokerage uh, and nothing against them. I just got turned off because a lot of the way that they were growing, a lot of basically what happened was people wanted to grow their teams and build their, build their team, which is great. But a lot of people realized what, what appears to me is, wow, David has a community. David has an audience. Let's focus the entire existence of our relationship on trying to get David to come on our team and just sell him on this. And it got super old, like to the point where if somebody was with that brokerage and was like, hey, I'd love to get on a call with you, I would respond essentially with, I'm not joining your team on EXP. If it's something else that you'd like to chat about, then let me know and we can schedule it. Um, and Charlie has not ever been one of those who's pushed me and pressured me and whatever. Um, and what it basically boils down to for me is I had thought about the idea before of like helping people become real estate agents because it is a solid business. It is a lucrative. I've actually never actively sold a house, but I have made six figures the last two years doing referrals and bringing essentially leads to other agents. Um, and so it's it's a great business model, but the biggest choke point always for me was I'm not the right person to train because I am not actively an agent. I know the business, but I'm not, I don't do it. I don't have the track record and there's no way to do it on a national or global scale outside of this brokerage EXP. Um, and so when Charlie reached out and we were talking about it, I was like, man, like I went back and forth and I talked to a lot of people, but the reality is it's a great opportunity. Becoming a real estate agent is a natural transition for a lot of people in the community. And there are people reaching out to me 
all the time asking, you know, hey, I'm interested in starting this. Where would you, you know, where do you, where do you think I should go? And I'm always like, oh yeah, you go talk to this guy or go talk to this girl or uh, depending on where they're located. But the reality is that if we can build out a way to say, well, why don't you just like join our team? We'll train you and we'll help you template out the the PCS Facebook group and we'll help you, you know, like the lead gen. Because the ironic thing is lead gen is easy. People just don't like doing it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, exactly it's right. like uh, being a recruiter, right? True. As a recruiter for the military, they're like, just smile and dial. Pick up the phone, put well, a smile on and call that high school kid and nobody wants to do it. You know, that, that's funny because when I first signed up, you know, my my – sponsor, mentor, huge friend of mine, Matt Gardner, um, also did the whole transition to real estate, partially forced into that with, with his really cool situation, which, which we can hear about a different time. But, um, you know, he was like, Hey, pick up the phone and cold call. So I spent about a half hour cold calling. And then I was like, I guess I'm never going to be successful as a real estate agent because I, I fucking hate this. I'm never going to do it. It's not meant for, and I know lots of there are agents on my team that are crushing it that way. That's how he crushed it that way. You know, he he actually got a lot of his business from bigger pockets too. Um, and I know a lot of people who do that. But then it, it took me about a year. You'll see on my YouTube videos now where I talk about this. Like my biggest was, mistake was realizing that, you know, thinking that whatever lead generation works for one person is the only way to do it, or what's right for me is totally wrong. So I'm working on a thing now where. Um, I've got a friend of mine who's a psychologist. We're we're doing a a personality test matching to lead gen, uh, like you know your your ENFJ, your Myers Briggs type. What I'm trying to do is categorize. Uh, I probably shouldn't be telling people this because this is kind of some, some super sauce. Super but congratulations, everyone gets the value. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, what I'm trying to do is help new agents figure out where to even start because. we spent an hour on my mastermind two weeks ago saying, all right, what are the different ways to lead generate? And we came up with 62 without breaking a sweat um, for clients in real estate. So we're like, uh, that's a lot, right? So I tell people, you got to pick two to three things you're actually passionate about because otherwise you'll never do it. Right. Or figure out how to make them come to you. It's got to be one of those two things. And, and the making them come to you thing takes either a lot of money or a lot of effort up front before you actually see the results. So, yep. So now we're, I'm trying to figure out based on your personality type, which lead gen things are you likely to be successful at pretty quickly? And so I'm hoping to have that be part of our onboarding process pretty soon is, all right, let's sit down. We're going to spend, you know, 15 minutes. You took your personality type test. Here's what I think works for you. Let's come up with a plan. How much time are you going to spend on it? What are you going to do exactly? And then send people off to actually like go crush it and then have weekly accountability where they come back and say, yes, I did X, Y, Z. I tried this. I hated it. I switched to this, you know, that kind of thing where um, we can help people be successful faster. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, it, you know, if we go back to recruiting, I hated cold calls um, and I had to do it at the beginning of being a recruiter. And I got to the point where towards the end of being a recruiter, before I became the staff and CIC of the station or whatever, like, most of my cold calls were just me pretending to put some in so that it looked like I did some work because where I would make all my magic was one of two things, either at the high school, wandering around talking to people or like targeted networking, which is what I do now. That's where I think I shine in a lot of ways is like, Oh, I want to meet this one really important keynote speaker at this event. How can I make that happen? And I've had success doing that in pretty much every time that I've actually set a goal for that. Uh, and so that was like my thing was like I would go into Facebook. Okay, I need to get I want to get a hold of this kid because of XYZ on the ASVAB or whatever. And then go into Facebook, who do I know that knows this person and make the introduction and connections and and like hunt down to where like, yo, you know, and I had connections with everyone. So I'd literally hit up these I hit up for prime example, kid who was like captain of the football and wrestling team at one of my biggest schools. He would give me names of people that might have some interest. Uh, and he's a stud. He's a vet now. And he he was great. Uh, and then I would hunt the person down and I would basically set up a message to be like, hey, your school will let me pull you out of class to talk to you. What's your least favorite subject? And they'd be like, oh, I freaking hate English. Great. What time's your English class? I'll pull you out. We'll talk for an hour in the library. You get out of class. And like, <laughs> that, is that was it, you know? And so That's I never amazing. made phone calls because I'm like, I just go live in the high school and hang out with the principal and yank kids out of class and talk to them. Uh, and I recruited, I mean, I was, you know, station of the year, my my last year. So we did, we did great. And I was 
probably making 10 phone calls a week. <laughs> and they're like 60 a day was like the standard. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I might make 10 this week. <laughs> so that's the crazy thing about lead gen too, is like, I've got a guy on my team now who, <laughs> um, he just, just joined the team. He's onboarding five more new agents that he's helped get their license, get them started um, in month one. And so I'm like, <clears throat> there's always another, a new way of lead generation that most of us, that we don't even know about yet. So it, it's, it's just the craziest thing. There's a, there's a billion ways to do it. And like, like your, your idea, oh, I'm just going to pull about a class and I'm going to set up messages. I'm going to fight, you know, there's always a way, whether you, to, to find something you're actually good and passionate about. I mean, you just got to keep trying. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you only fail when you stop, man. And sometimes that stop. strategy would get so crazy. There was actually, I think, once or twice in that same school where the gentleman who had made the intro for me, like I couldn't get a hold of – like they never responded, right? And so I'd be like, yo, you know this guy. What's his, What class does he hate? And he would tell me and then like – I could get, you know, schedules from principals and whatever. Like I, I knew everyone in the school and I would basically go and pull Jason out of class. Like there, there, were, there were a couple of times. I don't even know if it was him mainly. It might've been a different school, but there was, there were a couple different schools where I could like go pull somebody who had enlisted out of class. Be like, all right, I know you said you're really good friends with this person. Haven't been able to get hold of them there in this class and like walk into the classroom with the person who's enlisted with me and be like, Hey, we want to talk to you and pull someone out of class who had no idea. And they're like, <laughs> whatever, as long as they hated the class, they're down and we just hang out in the library or go off campus or, you know, whatever. Um, that was just funny. Good times. Love that. It's just, and it's, you know, it's just finding your, your method right now. If I was to jump into being an agent full time, I would spend the first week or two doing everything I could to have people find me. And then I would do as little lead gen as humanly possible to get what I want for leads. That would, I would not want to actively spend time generating leads. I would get to where people can find me. I would network with key players. And then I would just make sure that that relationship was so good that they referred people word of mouth. That'd be it. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, the, the lead quality is so much higher that way. Oh yeah. Word of mouth. Right. Is, they reach out, they're a client. Right. If you've got to reach out to them, they're still a lead. Yep. Oh, that's a, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So you are at <laughs> this took it. This, well, we went on a totally different tangent than I expected. Yeah, no, we're not even it. talking about enlisting. We're talking about enlisting, um, investing. We're talking about, yeah, recruiting and sales and lead gen. And I think the, the, the reason that it ends up there is that we both kind of enjoy the back end, like marketing strategy, which, it's super nerdy and not a lot of people understand it, but like uh, evergreen content is something that I just love. It's like, how do I get this service member to find me? Hmm. Well, maybe I should make a video about X, Y, Z because that's what they're interested in. And then that has nothing to do with what I actually talk about. But in that, if they find it and they like it and they join the community, then they're going to get inundated with everything else. <laughs> so what's uh? I don't know. What did we miss? Is there anything we didn't cover? Mm. Don't know. I don't want to go into any more Airbnb stories, but we can <laughs> all day on that one. Oh um, man. Uh, I don't know. Um, well then where can people the get a hold of you? We can do that. Yeah. Well let's leave no, me no. with a quote and then tell me where people all can right. get a hold of you. Yeah. So my favorite quote, Ryan Blair, if it's important, you'll find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. Like you, you get one chance at this entire life thing, just one chance. So if you just kind of do the nine to five work till you're 67, so you can retire and die. Like I, I, I think every single person has a chance to do so much more than that. Um, all you have to do is, is hustle, you know, and, and people are like, well, but, uh, but, uh, family and, uh, hobbies and, uh, whatever, like you can do it all. You can have it all, you know? Yeah. Every now and then I got to show a house on the weekend. I take my daughter and we get ice cream after no big deal, you know, or, or design your life in such a way that you could still do both build a team, 
start outsourcing those leads. I mean, there's just start investing, get a property manager. So you don't have to fix the toilets. Like you can still do it, but you have to do more than just the nine to five. If you want to achieve more than just the standard mediocrity, you know what I mean? So uh, maybe that was very negative, but, but I hope it gets somebody to get out there and hustle a little more. Everybody needs a, a side hustle. They need to learn about investing because once you do, you stop thinking about fancy cars and fancy watches and you start thinking about how you can grow your wealth. Um, and it's so important for, for you and your family and your future. Um, it's not all about, you know, spending big dollars, you know, with, with money, you can, you achieve freedom you can give back more. You can do more. Um, it, you can stress less. I, I think everybody should kind of strive for a little bit more than than the nine to five. But yeah, no, I agree. And I I love that quote. I use it all the time. I if if nothing else, I sometimes use it as a filter. Like when people are saying, "Oh, well, I'd love to do, you know, I'd love to go do X with you," but I've got Y going on. It's like. If, if this was important to you, then that why would move. So now I know where I stand, um, which is, you know, I love hate because sometimes that means I'm projecting things on people. But the reality is, you know, if going to the gym was important to you, you would go to the gym. You would find a way, you know, so sometimes it's harsh, but it's worth acknowledging that something might not be your number one priority right now or might not be as high on the priority food chain as you you think. Uh, where, where can people get a hold of you, though? Uh, shoot me an email, crush it with Charlie at gmail.com. Um, I'm not going to give out my phone number for the same reason as you, um, but, uh, agentwealthhustle.com is my blog. Um, you can reach me there. You can join our Facebook community for kind of organically generation for realtors, that kind of stuff. Um, which I am shamefully terrible at, at stoking the fire on that one, but I'll get there. Um, but yeah, hit me up either way. And uh, look forward to hearing from people. Dave, thanks for having me on here, dude. I know uh, it's been a long time coming. I mean, I've been on the same podcast now as Grant Cardone, Robert Kiyosaki. It holds a lot of weight. You're pretty much the biggest name ever. 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 Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's growing. Yeah. And, you know, if we if we had gotten it you right off the bat, it. then you would have been you would never have known. I'd be like, oh, these guys are guests after me. But now you're a guest after them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks, man. This is exciting. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.